Welcome into Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by SECCountry.com. My name is Josh Ward. I'm excited to be with you today. We are halfway through the week and we have a lot to get to on today's show. Mike Griffith is going to hop on coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about some of the expectations that are hovering around Tennessee's football team for this upcoming season. What's realistic? What's a fair part of the conversation right now as we are still here in the middle of the summer part of the offseason for Tennessee? We'll get to that. A look at Florida's football team, that Florida game, the first SEC game for Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee this upcoming fall. What's going on with the Gators down in Gainesville? Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel is going to help us out with that a little bit later in the show. And Jason Witten weighs in on Jeremy Pruitt. Tennessee's new head coach. I'll get to all of that right here on Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com. We are here through the end of next week, here through June 30th, each day talking about what's going on with Tennessee. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. If you have a question or comment for the show, send it my way. We'll work it in. We had a question for today's show that Mike and I are going to talk about coming up here in just a moment. So why don't we get to it? I want to welcome to the show Mike Griffith of SEC Country. Follow Mike on Twitter at MikeGriffith32. And Mike, I mentioned this at the end of yesterday's show, the price of Tennessee's renovated weight room, right about $660,000. What'd you think when you saw that? I guess it goes to what we have previously talked about on this show, that Tennessee is not going to spare an expense that Tennessee is going to invest in Tennessee football to try to get it headed in the right direction. Well, and you consider they're already paying Craig Fitzgerald, what, 680000 He's the second highest paid strength coach in the country, so and he's got a guaranteed contract. So you're looking at about a $2.7 million investment just in your strength and conditioning coach in his weight room. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I understand a weight coach wants it like he wants it, but – wouldn't you want to see a little production first? I mean, you're already paying this guy almost $700,000 a year. It's not like the weight room really needed an update. I mean, this is kind of a preference thing. I mean, there's a new floor, and they took the mirrors off the wall. I guess I just wonder, you know, if maybe you want to see a little production, you know, first. But I'll tell you what, it, it really goes to show that Philip Fulmer is pushing all the chips in the middle. And giving Jeremy Pruitt everything he wants on his wish list. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and I think that's still a long-term conversation in terms of will it pay off. There's only, in my opinion, only so much that Craig Fitzgerald and the strength staff can get done in one offseason where part of the team's not there for all of the workouts because they're going through rehab or uh, recovering for surgery. You now have the last month and a half before fall camp begins. Again, not, not to mean you can't make progress. I'm just saying all of that progress. But I, I do wonder... This is that time where you start to hear talk about, hey, what can happen this season? You have the preseason rankings, the preseason All-SEC and All-American teams that are coming out. We got this question uh, from Brian, who's listening to the show, Mike, and he said, yeah, are, are some people being too bearish on Tennessee this year with four prior top 15 average recruiting classes in-house? Uh, 17, you had some games that were winnable that went the other way. We've talked about that. Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky. It's a tough schedule, but is 7-9 and nine doable in terms of wins for Tennessee? Could Tennessee potentially win 7-9 to nine games? I haven't heard too much talk in that regard. Remember, uh, Marcus Spears talked about that idea, seven or eight wins when he was in town for the SEC Network. But what do you think? Is, is it too early to start talking about that many wins? It, it might be too early for anybody in terms of the overall record. 
I think it's possible, especially when you look at, you know, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's recruited, what, five JUCO signees and three graduate transfers. So, I mean, he's going with the win-now mentality. You know, the, the graduate transfer quarterback with an 11-2 and record from Stanford, um, graduate transfer running back from Michigan State, graduate transfer lineman from Alabama. I mean, Alabama, Stanford, Michigan State, those are three pretty good winning programs. And uh, you remember Greg McElroy said 12, 12 guys could start that weren't in the spring game. So I don't think that's too many. I, I don't know about nine, Josh. I yeah. mean, I look at the automatic losses. Um, and I could be wrong. I mean, they may upset Alabama or Auburn or Georgia, but I don't think that's likely. Um, I guess I'd put West Virginia probably the fourth most likely loss. Um, Florida's certainly beatable here. I mean, Tennessee beat them two years ago and really should have beat them last year by two touchdowns if those young receivers were running the right routes, um, unfortunately. And John Kelly didn't drop a touchdown pass. And, and Tennessee was John, a fourth down stop in 2015 in the swamp from getting a win. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they should beat Florida. I mean, I don't know should. I mean, I, I think they, I think they, I think they will beat Florida. I do, you know. But you know, you wonder about Vandy. I mean, you, you might chuckle, but I think you know, Vandy's won four out of the last six, and the game's in Nashville, and you don't know what what state Tennessee's going to be in at that time of year. You'd like to think Jeremy Pruitt will have these guys tough enough minded, but uh, to Brian's point, I think he's got a good point. I think I think fans can go ahead and set expectations at a bowl game. Yeah, and, and that's why you know, Brian put a pretty fair range there. I would say nine is is pretty unrealistic right now. Nine wins for Tennessee. Eight would be really tough. Seven and five is not a crazy idea. Seven no. and five, I mean, you, you could have a scenario where you lose to Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, West Virginia, beat Florida at home and get a win against, and, and then win out in November. That won't be easy, not, not by any means, but that's not a crazy idea. So could it happen? And you're right, you bring in Keller Chris, not for the long term, but to help now, you bring in Madre London to help now. You bring in Brandon Kennedy, actually now and next year because he's a two-year guy as a grad transfer. But th- those players plus the junior college players, Dominique Wood Anderson could be a, a starting tight end week one. That is for immediate help and not to immediately go win the SEC East, but to immediately become bowl eligible, which would be 6-6, six and six, which means you're at least a game away from going 7-5. and five. Yeah, you got to compete right away. You got to show the the recruits what you're doing. You got to show the fans. You got to get the momentum going. And you know, Jeremy's not wasting any time. I mean, he's not taking a slow approach. I mean, those eight those eight scholarships he's using up with three grad transfers and five JUCOs could be going for freshmen. So you know, he's really you know banking on being able to recruit top talent, not leaving himself much margin for error. But the trade off is he needs to win right away. And that'll justify all these expenses. And obviously, Philip Fulmer believes in him because he's standing behind Jeremy and giving the green light for you know uh, these expenses like a you know six hundred sixty thousand dollars in weight room improvements. Yeah, and speaking of investing, Mike, fans are investing. They'll be buying tickets. They'll be uh, they'll be traveling to Charlotte. So fans have and will be investing in Tennessee football as well. No doubt about it. Tennessee fans have been loyal, and what sixty five thousand turned out for the orange and white game. And of course, Jeremy wanted a hundred hundred thousand so you know the expectations are high from everybody and you know once football season starts i'd say the fans will probably hold jeremy accountable and and you know i think he knows that i think he's very well aware of the expectations at tennessee uh, i don't think he'd have taken the job if he didn't think he could handle it at mike griffith 32 is where you can follow him on twitter uh, mike what's going on what should we add for the listeners before i let you go here 
Yeah, you know, we had some you know, stories today. Um, just going to keep the copy rolling. Like I said, I got that Woody McCorvey story. I'm waiting to waiting to put that out. Uh, we had some news today come out, so we went ahead and put that out on the weight room and the video that Tennessee put out. And some news, you know, talking about gambling. If Tennessee were to approve gambling in the state, make it legal and next spring of 2019, what some of the repercussions of that could be and what Philip Fulmer had to say about that. Follow Mike on Twitter, at MikeGriffith32. He'll keep you up to date there as well and on secountry.com. Hey, Mike, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. All right, Josh, thanks. You are listening to Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by secountry.com. I'm Josh Ward, and I mentioned earlier in the show, I want to get you some information on what's going on with the Florida Gators. I think that's a really big game. As we were talking about Tennessee trying to become bowl eligible, trying to win maybe seven or more games, I think winning at home against Florida is really important there. And Mike said he thinks Tennessee has a really good shot at home against Florida. I do too. Had a chance to talk to Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel yesterday on Sports 180 on WNML. And we talked about what's going on with Florida, where the competition starts this offseason as they get ready for fall camp. And as you might expect, it starts at a very important position on offense. This is Edgar Thompson providing a little information on what's going on with the Florida Gators. Every year that we speak, it's always coming down to who's going to be the quarterback, right? Yes. Until they sort that out, I don't know what if anyone has any expectations right now, to be honest. I think people are waiting for Dan to come in here and uh, do work his magic. I mean, the guy has shown an amazing track record with quarterbacks, dating to Bowling Green and Josh Harris under Urban Meyer. You know, on to Utah with Alex Smith, Brian Johnson, Chris Leak, and Tim Tebow at Florida, Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. I mean, the guys produced a lot of productive quarterbacks and winners, and the Gators haven't had one of those since Tim Tebow. And so until they sort that out, I don't know that fans are going to be very, uh, you know, have very high hopes for at least – the offensive side of the ball. Now, Todd Grantham, the new defensive coordinator, is inheriting some pretty good pieces, particularly on the off the edge and at cornerback. And you can, you know, protect if you can have pressure the passer, you know, and cover guys. At least you can make teams one-dimensional. But the Gators do have some questions on defense too. So, you know, it's a rebuilding year. I mean, they were four and seven last year, and the coach got fired. So, but I do think people are hopeful they can probably at least maybe double that win total this year we're talking to edgar thompson covers the florida gators for the orlando sentinel what does that quarterback battle look like as they go through summer workouts and get ready for fall camp in august well felipe franks is the incumbent starter though he was benched three separate occasions last year i mean the gators cycled through all three other quarterbacks but franks is you know kind of the guy to beat i guess but he, he struggled big time with decision-making last year. And it was kind of a, a similar issue with, like, Jeff Driscoll, if you guys remember him. He had all the physical tools, and he just couldn't make decisions. And Felipe is 6'5". They had some quarterback camp thing. It was on Twitter showing him throwing the ball. And he threw it like 80, 80-some yards or 79 yards or whatever, longest throw of all the quarterbacks there. I mean, the kid is physically gifted. He can run pretty well, too, which suits. Mullins dual threat system a little better but he or spread system but Kyle Trask is the is the you know redshirt sophomore too 
and he is the much better pure passer. He's very accurate, throws a beautiful ball, and uh, he he's looked better than Franks in a lot of instances. So that's going to be a little battle there. And then you got Emory Jones, the freshman who came in, who was kind of the centerpiece of the recruiting class, dual threat kid from Georgia. He's pretty raw though, and he has a lot of growing up to do. But I'm certain because I was here in 2006 covering that team. Um, Tim Tebow was a freshman, and he was pretty darn raw then, too. But Mullen found a place for him in the scheme, a short yardage guy, as a change of pace guy for Chris Leak, and they won a national championship with that. Now, this team doesn't have the other pieces that team did, but I think Emory Jones is going to factor in some packages. Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel covers the Florida Gators. One more comment from Edgar, and it has to do with what Florida's trying to get done. I think this answer is very similar to what Tennessee's trying to do this offseason as well, and it starts with what is a realistic expectation? How many wins can Florida get this year? Here's Edgar Thompson. I think this team could win eight games or maybe you know get a few bounces and win nine, but it could win seven. But I, don't, I think it's going to be steps in the right direction. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that's more what people want to see is improvement, is steps in the right direction, is a more physical team is a quarterback who actually can make decisions well. You know what I mean? I mean, this bad decision-making plagued them at the position the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a very physical team up front on the offensive side at all. By the end, McElwain made it pretty clear he didn't think his team was physical enough. The opener last year against Michigan, they got knocked all over the field. I mean, we were thinking, God, Michigan must be a great team. Well, we saw how great a team they were. They weren't very good either. So, it's like they, they just weren't physical at the point of attack. They, don't, they didn't get much push, did not protect the passer well. And, you know, part of that you could say was system. I mean, some of those plays took a while to develop, and I think Mullen's system is going to be a little more quick hitting. So I think that they will maybe not have to protect quite as long, for example. But you got to punch someone in the mouth in the SEC. And the Gators haven't been up front, and they return all – they're starters up front and you know so they have experience but you know you're also returning all the guys who didn't really block very well last year doesn't that sound like what we're talking about in knoxville regarding tennessee strength and conditioning needs to improve tennessee needs to block better they are having a very similar conversation in gainesville i'll keep saying it that tennessee florida game late september in knoxville that's a big one for both teams will play a big role in which direction this season goes for both Tennessee and Florida, both with first-year coaches at their schools. Dan Mullen at Florida, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. And before I wrap up today's show, speaking of Jeremy Pruitt being in his first year at Tennessee, Jason Witten made some comments to WJHL in Kingsport recently talking about Tennessee's new coach. Listen to what Jason Witten, the future Hall of Fame tight end, former Tennessee tight end, had to say about Tennessee's new head coach. I like Jeremy. You know, I think he's a football coach. You know, oftentimes in today's culture, you know, we have information with social media and all that happens. And sometimes we, we can get so caught up in that. And I think Jeremy is a old school football coach. And, uh, you know, I also said in my retirement speech that, you know, secrets in the dirt. And that means it takes work and it takes repetition. And I think a lot of times we get bogged down on what the star of a recruiter is and all that stuff. And it's about coaching and developing players and building a program and I think Jeremy's going to do a good job. Jason Witten, he said something there that I think just about everybody says. Jeremy Pruitt, 
He's a football guy. I think everybody agrees there. That is going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out today. We're here for the next week and a half talking about what's going on with Tennessee. If you want to send me a message talking about Tennessee, what's going on with the podcast, I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Thank you for hanging out today. I'll see you tomorrow.